let's find our spot. Let's find our spot. John chapter 3, and we'll begin in verse number 22. That's where we stopped last week, so we'll jump right there and uh, begin in verse number 22. Got a great lesson tonight, uh, a lot of teaching in it and, and development in it. Uh, we're going to talk about ministry tonight, ministry tonight, more specifically, misconceptions in ministry. Uh, how many of y'all know there's a lot of traditions when it comes to church? A lot of traditions, a lot of uh, traditions, a lot of preferences, a lot of uh, ideas of the way things are, or a lot of people think things should be and that type of thing. And sometimes, sometimes we have misconceptions. Sometimes we have a wrong uh, perception of what things should be or how we should do things or the mentality and all that kind of thing. And, uh, and we're going to see that here in John's ministry. In, in the end of John chapter number 3, we see the ending of John's ministry and the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Kind of like a transition, not just the ending of John and the beginning of Jesus. It's really, if we want to look at it technically, it's the ending of the old way, the old law, the Old Testament, and the beginning of the New Testament, the beginning of the new way in Jesus' way. If that makes sense, say amen. Now, how many of y'all understand, anytime there's a transition or anytime there's a change, there is always friction. There's conflict. There's, 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 uh, there, there's, a, there's what do we call that? There's a situation. How many of y'all have ever been in a situation? Amen. So we have that, and that's what we're going to talk about. But, but it, it is not something that cannot be handled, cannot be uh, 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 interpreted, and cannot be really uh, fixed, if you will. John fixed the situation, and we're going to look at something very important tonight. So let's look in John 4. How many of y'all would love to be doing what God wants you to do? Okay. How many of y'all believe God's got something specific He wants you to do? Uh, ministry, ministry, uh, and I don't want to run a rabbit, but I want to get my, my thoughts clear and everything before we jump into this thing. Ministry is not always, and not specifically, preaching from a pulpit. When you see, you, you call somebody a minister, you automatically think somebody with a suit and tie on or somebody standing on a platform with a Bible behind the pulpit. That's what you think is a minister. But we are all ministers. We all have a ministry. A ministry is what we do for God. And, and, and some people, they, they, they try to separate a sacred and a secular you know, something that's holy and something that's secular or something that's, that's, you know, religious and something that's over... No, no, no. Everything we do, everything we do, according to Scripture, we're supposed to do to the glory of God. Are y'all with me? So no matter whether you're preaching, teaching, uh, whether you're painting, plumbing, uh, uh, digging a ditch, planting a tree, cutting grass, no matter what we do, we're ministers. We're ministers and we have a ministry. And so let's look at it that way, and then more specifically, the ministry of the church itself, okay? So if you're with me, say amen. It says in John uh, chapter number 3, in verse 22, John 3, 22, if you're there, say amen. After these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea, and there he tarried with them and baptized. And John also was baptizing in Enon near to Salem, because there was much water there, and they came and were baptized. For John was not yet cast into prison. So let's, let, let's bring us up to date to this point. Uh, John has already baptized Jesus. John has already declared Jesus the Son of God, right? Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. At the baptism, the Holy Spirit descends as a dove and lights upon him. They hear the, the, the voice from heaven, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Are you all with me? All that's already taken place, okay? Uh, uh, Jesus has already gone to the wilderness. He's already uh, been tempted by the devil, fasted 40 days. Now his ministry is going. He has his disciples. He is doing his thing. But before, before that takes place, there's kind of a crisscross or an intersection between Jesus' ministry and John's ministry. In other words, when John baptizes Jesus, I don't know what, it's just something I thought about when I was growing up, is that when that happened, then, then John's was over. And then Jesus stepped forward, and now it's all Jesus. But that's not exactly the way it happened. John kept on preaching. John kept on baptizing. John kept on telling them, listen, repent ye, for the kingdom of God is at hand. So his ministry has continued, and it's going on while Jesus is going on. If that makes sense, say amen. 
now, now what we're reading here is that they were doing ministry in the same vicinity. In other words, John and his people were preaching and baptizing, and Jesus and his, pre- and his people were preaching and baptizing, but they're in close vicinity. Does that make sense? Okay, now, let's keep reading. It says, Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee, talking about Jesus, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizeth, and all men come to him. Now let me translate that. They're leaving our meeting and going to his meeting. They're leaving our membership and going to his membership. His church services are getting larger, and ours is getting... So they're getting concerned. Do y'all see what's happening here? John's people's getting concerned. They're leaving our meetings and going to his, all right? Now, let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. And John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that now he tells a story to illustrate it. He that, he, he that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom which standeth and heareth him rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This is my joy, therefore is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly, talking about himself, and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all, talking about Jesus. And what he has seen and heard, that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. In other words, Jesus is, is preaching and he's teaching, and the Jewish leaders are not believing it. He that hath received his testimony has set to his seal that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. The Father loveth the Son. Say amen. And hath given all things into him. Now let's all read verse 36 together. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you for this ministry. Thank you for the place you've, you've put me. Thank you for the place you've put all these other people. And, Lord, we're here to learn tonight. We're here to grow. We're not here because we deserve to be here. We're here because we need to be here. Lord, we need to hear your word tonight. We need you to speak to us. Calm our spirits. Lord, calm our minds. Lord, help us to just uh, forget about the issues of life and the problems and, uh, 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 that we have to deal with. Uh, forget about the things that are facing us tomorrow. And, and down the week, and help us just to put it on pause for just a little while, and let us sit in your lap, and hear your word, and hear you speak to us tonight. Father, we desperately need you. I believe I have your word, and I believe I have what you want me to say, but Father, I need that spirit that we just read about. I need the unction from God to be able to, to preach and teach, and, 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 and be able to deliver your word. And God, I ask you for it. I beg you for it. I need you. I desperately need the, the leadership and the direction of the Holy Spirit tonight. And God, we'll thank you for it. And we'll praise you for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. You may be seated. Ministry, <clears throat> church, uh, organization, uh, the way we do things, uh, how, we, how we operate, what, what our purpose is, what our goals are, what our what our uh, a direction in our pursuit is. It, it's all about ministry. Ministry. What is ministry? Uh, uh, we've gone from, uh, th- just this week, uh, we, we've, we've helped, uh, uh, we've helped uh, a, a widow move and, 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 and move furniture and, and, and move pillows and all kind of stuff. And, 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 and we've, we've fed people this week and uh, we've comforted people this week and, and, and we've tried to encourage people. And you say, what is all that? It's all ministry. It's all ministry. But there's some things that we need to focus on that we don't need to get sidetracked about. And so let's talk about ministry a little bit uh, through these chapters and what we can learn from this, all right? Uh, number one, if you're taking notes, <clears throat> well, before we do that, I want you to read what A.W. Tozer said in The Pursuit of God. 
It says, let every man abide in the calling wherein he is called, and his work will be sacred as the work of the ministry. Now get this now. It is not what a man does that determines whether his work is sacred or secular. It is why he does it. Now do you get that? It's not whether you're a preacher or a teacher or a deacon or a missionary or a Sunday school teacher that determines what you do, if whether it's sacred or secular. It's why you do it, or more specifically, who you do it for. Are y'all with me? You remember several weeks ago when we were talking about being content and being good ministers and, and good servants that, or, or good employees? It was on a Sunday morning. We were talking about being good employees. When you realize that you are working not for the one that signs your paycheck, but the one who saved your soul, it changes everything. Because it's who you're doing it for. You're no longer doing it for the company. You're no longer doing it for the, 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 the manager. You're no longer doing it for the superintendent. You're no longer doing it for the owner of the, of the business or the organization. You're doing it for Jesus and for the glory of God. And it changes how you do what you do. Somebody say amen. amen. So, our ministry, how we do things. Now, I've explained what's going on. I've explained that John's preaching and John is teaching and John is, is doing his thing. He's still baptizing. He's still having his revival services. Uh, people are still coming. But then uh, real close in the same vicinity, uh, Jesus is doing his thing. And Jesus is getting more popular. And Jesus is getting more crowds. And people are leaving John and going to Jesus. Are y'all with me? Say amen. All right, now, with that being done, there's some, some of, uh, some of uh, John's committee members are coming to him and saying, look, man, we got a problem. We got an issue. And John says, what's the problem? He says, well, uh, uh, I don't know how to break this to you, but that one that you had talked about and that one uh, that, that you baptized a, a little while back, everybody's following him now. And, uh, and our services are getting smaller and his are getting bigger. Man, we got an issue. We got an issue. Well, write this down. First, I want you to see this. Sometimes in ministry, <clears throat> sometimes in ministry, I know y'all going to find this hard to believe, but sometimes in ministry there is conflict. There is conflict. How many of y'all been in church over 10 years? All right, raise your hand over 10 years. So guess what you've been witness to? Conflict. How many of y'all know that's going to happen? You say, why, why, why will we have conflict in ministry? Because it's made up of broke people. Oh, don't get sideways already tonight. We're just starting. You're broke. I'm broke. You got issues. I got issues. And everybody in the church has got issues. And all we are is a building full of issues. Amen. So when you get this many issues together, you're bound to have some conflict so we got conflict we got conflict now here's what i want you to write down in your notes that we can learn from this and take from this in this conflict why do we have conflict because there is they were wrong they were wrong in their mentality the way they were thinking they were wrong in their mentality and i want to give you two words and we'll talk about it okay two words and we'll talk about it what was wrong what was wrong about the mentality of John's disciples two things first is comparison comparison and the second word I want you to write down is competition comparison and competition comparison and competition will always create conflict it will always create conflict preacher what are you saying uh, there, there are, there, I don't know how to word this without, uh, there's three major or really large churches in Coleman. There's Daystar, Desperation, and Temple Baptist. All right. Uh, uh, Daystar's pastor is Jerry Lawson, uh, Desperation Church. And I'm not saying no other churches. No, I'm just telling you what the three largest churches are. Are y'all with me? Do you ever understand what I'm getting at here? All right. Uh, Jerry Lawson and, and, and Andy, uh, Andy Heiss is at Desperation, and, and, and I'm here. Uh, and, and so 
we have these three churches that, that are good churches. Now, we differ in some of the things that, that uh, uh, some philosophies and a little bit in theology in some ways. Uh, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I am not in competition with either one of them. I am not. Matter of fact, matter of fact, both of them are on my phone. Uh, both of them, there are group texts between us three, and we encourage each other. We pray for each other. They call and say, hey, buddies, I, I love y'all. I appreciate what y'all are doing. Let's grab some lunch. Here we go. There is no competition whatsoever. Are y'all understanding me? But that is not the case with everything, and that is not the case with everybody. There has been times. How many of y'all know that God has really blessed Temple? I'm telling you, God, it's incredible what God has done here. God has taught us some things. God has showed us some things. God has given us some things that, that has helped us grow and develop and be a blessing and reach our community. And, and, and we've gone from a very small number to a, a very large number. And, and, and we, want to, we want everybody to have that. There was a time, there was a time when we had four services. Are y'all remembering that? I remember. Because I preached all of them. And they like to kill me. Are y'all with me? And so here's what we got in the staff. We said, we don't have no more room. And we don't have no, listen, we, we can't start another service because the preacher's getting old before his time. Are y'all with me? So we heard, we heard about a survey that was done. And this survey was done in Coleman County, and they, they surveyed the churches. And they said, how many does your building seat? In other words, the seating capacity of your, your ministry, your building. How many can you seat? And then the second question is, how many are you running? How many are you averaging? And you don't ever say how many you're running. You say how many you're catching. Amen. I'm running 80,000, amen? I'm just having to catch about 2,500 of them, amen? You, you say, how many are, are, are regularly attending your church? So we have seating capacity to attending people. So is everybody with me? Do y'all want to know what the average attendance or, or using up of the auditorium? I've told y'all this before. Y'all probably already know this. Less than 25%. Let me say that again. Y'all didn't get it. Coleman churches are using less than two. Now, that's counting, that's counting the big three. We're still using 25%, less than 25% of the building capacity of the churches that are here in Coleman. What does that mean? We're not getting the job done. So this is what we said. We're going to help them. We're going to get together. And we're going to teach them what God has given us. Because we can't fit no more in our building. Let's fill up their buildings. That sounds like a great idea, doesn't it? I, we thought it was a novel idea. I mean, who doesn't want to fill up their building? A bunch of them. We don't want... I, I'm not even going to go in because it's going to put me in a bad spirit and I'm going to get angry and carnal and I'm going to say stuff on this pulpit I don't need to say. Say amen right there. But here, here's the issue. There's competition. Not from our end of the deal, but people in ministry are not growing because they have a competition mentality. It's us versus... And here's what happens. is There's, there's comparison that goes on. There's comparison that goes on. Because there's a wrong mentality. You know, you know what John is saying here? Guys, y'all are thinking this really wrong. Y'all got the wrong attitude about this thing. This is not the way this is supposed to be. You see, we're all on the same team. If you are saved, you're in the same family. If you are saved, you have the same future. If you are saved, you have the same function. And that's to reach the lost. Do you realize if you're safe, we're all going to be living in the same place one day? We better figure out how to get along. Amen. There's no competition. 
There's no comparison. And let me say this. I'm going I'm to be a little transparent, not, not more, not too much. But I, I, I will say this. Sometimes the comparison deal is, is human nature, and it's hard. Especially if you're struggling and someone else is being blessed. Now, let me, let me say a little. I'm going to tell on John a minute. Can I tell on John a minute? <clears throat> now, he's real spiritual right here. He's real spiritual while he's free. And while he's still ministering. But when he went to prison... He said, I need y'all to go see if he's, if he's really the one. There ain't none of this talk of increase and decrease and he, yeah, and me, no, and him. What's the point? I'm just trying to say reality is this. Sometimes it's hard to see God bless somebody else while you're struggling. How many of y'all went to school? How many of y'all went to school uh, in, in a school that had uh, uh, more than one lunch? Like an a, a lunch and a B lunch, or early lunch and a late lunch. Raise your hand if you had that. Oh, a bunch of you. Did, did anybody, did anybody, was you ever cursed of God to get the B one? <clears throat> and, yeah. Think about that. I, 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 I hated it. When, when they would give me B lunch, I hated it. Especially when I had to go by the lunchroom on the way to my class while they're in there chomping down on pizza and I'm starving to death. <laughs> and I couldn't stand that. I hated that. I, ah, I'm seeing other people. And, 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 and see, I'm being transparent, guys. Here's the thing. Sometimes it's hard to see somebody else be blessed while... And so what happens? What happens? Our flesh gets a little riled up, and we begin to compare. We begin to compare. Now look at the second thing. Look what happens in this conflict. First, first there's, they, they were wrong in mentality, the way they were thinking. They were thinking comparison. It's us versus them. It's competition. It, we're, we're trying to win. We're trying to, you know, them be. <clears throat> they were weak in maturity. And see, they were not the only ones that had this problem. Now, we're going to go over to 1 Corinthians. I, I, I typed it down and put it in your notes there. Uh, in 1 Corinthians, Paul had to deal with the same problem with the church at Corinth because they were immature. And the problem was not Jesus and John, this go around. The problem was Apollos and Paul. Are you all with me? Watch this. Look in, 1 Look in your notes right there. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. <clears throat> and I, brethren... I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envy and strife and divisions, that's kind of what John's dealing with, amen, are ye not carnal and walk as men? And while one saith, I'm of a Paul. And another says, I am of Apollos. Let me, let me, let me illustrate that to make it, make it more like, like today. There's some people that run around town, I go to Temple. Or, I go to Daystar. Or, Preacher Carter's my favorite. Or, Jerry Lawson is this. Or, Andy Heiss. Or De you see where that's going? See how that, that works? Now look, look what he says. Who is Paul? Who, who is Apollos? Who are they? They're just ministers by whom you believe. Even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but guess what? Man, y'all getting quiet on me. I must be stepping on some toes. But, so watch this now. So watch this. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth anything, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth, and he that watereth are what? You know what they're saying? We're on the same team. We're on the same team. We're one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his labor. Now let's, let's talk about this. They were weak in maturity. He says, you're carnal, 
you, I have to talk to you as babes in Christ. I can't talk to you as a seasoned Christian because you're acting immature. You are not just acting immature. You are immature. You're, you're, you, you have immaturity. Now watch what happens in this. Two things, two things. When we're immature and we have a maturity problem, first, there are attitudes that are produced. There are attitudes that are produced. And I will say this. I will say this. I, 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 I struggle with this. God had to work on me with this. What kind of attitude, preacher? A judgmental attitude. What kind of attitude, preacher? A critical attitude. What kind of attitude, preacher? A negative attitude. I remember, <laughs> I remember there's a time, there's a time, man, they started just shot up like crazy. Just, I mean, just grew real, real fast and, and uh, and and I I didn't really know Brother Jerry that well. Uh, we had we had crossed paths a couple times once at a funeral and and something else and and uh, and and so we, I didn't really know him. He didn't really know me. We knew of each other because if you went to Coleman, you'd have to know these two. And at one time we were about the same size, and then, and they grew like just crazy. They learned some stuff, and uh, and uh, and I remember they were they were building their building, and Brother Dole. Uh, Brother Dole, you know, he's a painter, really, really good painter. And, and they, they asked him to go over there to look at some things or to, to I don't even remember exactly what it was, but uh, when he come back over here and he said, Preacher, you ain't going to believe it. I said, what? He said, they're putting a coffee place right in there for you. I said, no, they ain't. He said, what was you doing? I was being judgmental. I was ju- you say, what was you judging? I was judging their motive. I was judging their reasoning. I, wa- I was judging their wisdom for doing that. Now remember this. Usually when we have these kind of attitudes, we're immature, and most of the time we're ignorant. I was ignorant. No, don't take offense to that. That word ignorant means you're, you have a lack of knowledge. You're missing out on some things. So out of ignorance, I had a judgmental attitude. And that judgmental attitude that I had created a critical attitude. Because I tell you what, it'll, it'll be, I, I tell you, we ain't never going to have one here at Temple Baptist Church. <laughs> Bless God, we're spiritual around here. We don't need coffee to bring people in this place. Bribing people with coffee. What in the world? Why y'all drinking y'all's in the house? Amen. <laughs> My judgmental attitude created a critical spirit and a critical attitude. So that guess what? Guess what? Anytime I heard the word Daystar, I had a negative attitude. Because I was immature. And I was ignorant. And, and how many of y'all are wise enough to know uh, that you can learn something from anybody. But you know what? There's a lot of people in this area that are too stubborn, too ignorant. I looked up the word incorrigible. Now, if you have a dictionary, I challenge you to look that word up. Not willing to change? Are not able to change. It's like my it's like my grandma used to say. They just some people you just can't do nothing with them. How many of y'all had a grandma like that? <clears throat> they could see some incorrigible, incorrigibleness in some people. Amen. I don't know if that's a word, but and 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 God by divine just just a, we we call it divine appointment. Hooked me and Brother Jerry up. We became really good friends. I talked, and, and this is how it happened. I'll just tell you. Uh, we is it, we is it, uh, uh, Cracker Barrel <clears throat> at anointed place. Say man. <laughs> I said, man, I, I, I'd seen them around town, you know, uh, uh, giving out water at the, at the different places and ministering. And, sir, and I, I, I talked to him. I said, listen, I need some ideas. I've been racking my brain some stuff that we could do as a church in our community. I need some ideas. So we sat down. He wrote some things on a napkin. 
He said, man, I've got some stuff I need, to, I need to show you and teach you that will really help. And so here we go. And we went through it. We went through it and, and, and learned some stuff that just was an amazing, amazing thing that blessed our church in a credible way. Do you know why he was willing to do that? There was no competition. He said, he, this is, I'll tell you exact words. He said, in the, in the deep south, he said, Baptists will have an easier time reaching people because that's what most people are here. He said, I want to help you get people saved. I want to help fill your building. You know why? He had the right mentality. He realized we're on the same team. But he believed, yeah, I know, I know. He believes some things that are different. But the important things, we believe the same. And here's, here's the point, and I'm not even going to get in that discussion or argument. If you want to text me or call me, or I'm not even going to respond, so don't even, don't even go there. But the point is, the point is, we have these attitudes because of immaturity. And because of immaturity, we have a wrong mentality. We're not in competition. Do you know what? It would tickle me to death. It would tickle me to death if every single Baptist church in Coleman County came to us, let us share everything we know, everything we've learned. We would even pay for it if we could help them fill every building they have. It was an amazing thing when we were talking to Fairview. One, one question that I was asked when they wanted to, they wanted to specifically talk to me, so they, the, the whole church interviewed me. Sitting there, and one of them said, Are you trying to build a kingdom? I said, I'm not even sure what you're talking about. But if you're, if you're insinuating that I want everybody to come to my church, I said, Lord, no. I hope some of them stay over here. I said, that's just more problems I got to deal with. Matter of fact, when I was preaching in Decatur Sunday night, a guy walked up to me. He said, you need to thank me. I had never seen this guy before a day in my life. He said, you need to thank me. I said, is that right? He said, yes, sir. I got a devil out of your church. Just like that. You know what I told him? You need to come back. There's some more you left. And if you need help, I'll make you a list. That guy went, what? I'm not trying to build a kingdom. He said, what, what, if, what if, you know, so they asked, actually they said, what's your specific plans? I said, well, hopefully if I encourage 100 or 150 or 200 from the Coleman campus to come out here and, and, and get this thing going and rolling and, and, and hopefully... And this is my exact words. I said, hopefully, some of them will decide to stay, and, and God will bless, and they'll keep them here. And, man, this thing will blow and go, and here we go. And they was like, that, that, that just doesn't make sense to some people that you're willing to give up 200 people. It's not, it makes sense if you have the right mentality. Guess what? Let me, let me lay it out here for you. It ended up being, it ended up being a hundred, just right at a hundred, just maybe a little over, maybe a little over. Right at a hundred, they had 30. So, so with that 130, now they're averaging almost 400 every week. So the way I see it, we're in the good. They don't have to be under this building. If they're over there and they're seeing people saved, and they're baptizing people over there. Guess what? We're on the same team. Amen? John's saying, hey, there's no conflict. Man, y'all are looking at this all the wrong way. Now watch, watch, what, happens when you, watch what happens when you have a bad attitude. <clears throat> when you have a bad attitude, judgmental attitude, a critical attitude, a negative attitude, it, it causes actions to take place. What actions? In, in verse 
in your notes right there in 1 Corinthians, in verse number 3, he said there's envying, strife, and divisions. Now, how many of y'all would be willing to admit, I know some of you got your feelings hurt already tonight, but how many of y'all would be willing to admit in, the, in Christendom, in the Christian church today, there's a lot of strife and there's a lot of division? You know why? Because there's a wrong mentality. And there's a ton of immaturity. And all God's people see it. Say, what will help with that immaturity? Just realize you're immature and say, man, I was wrong. Teach me. We probably ain't going to finish, but I'm going to just freestyle a little bit. I'm not, I'm not going to get carnal. I'm not going to get carnal. I'm just wanting to flow with what I feel like the Lord wants us to do. When we, when we learned those things and we started making adjustments to help our church grow, it's a little different. Now, how many of y'all would, and I'm not, I'm not so sure exactly how it all went down, but how many of y'all would, would, would say amen or, or recognize the fact that Jesus probably did things different than John Baptist. In this way, I, I know he did in this way, because he, he, when he came preaching, he came preaching hell, fire, and brimstone. I'm baptizing with water, but there's one coming after me. His, he's going to just fan the floor. He's going to baptize with fire. In other words, uh, he's going to send people to hell. I'm baptizing with water, but he's going to baptize with the Holy Ghost and with fire. In other words, there's going to be some saved, and there's going to be some to enjoy the wrath of God. Basically, he was turn or burn. Right? Repent. And then when people came out, he didn't think they were serious or they had the right intention. So he said, what are you doing here? Who has, who has told you to flee from the wrath to come? You're vipers, and you're a generation of vipers. Your daddy's a viper, your mammy's a viper, your great-grandpappy's a viper, and you're going to probably give birth to vipers. That's John Baptist. John Baptist is the one who looked <laughs> the king in the face and said it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. You're committing adultery. So how is that different from Jesus? They threw a woman at Jesus' feet. And he wrote on the ground and said, You that were out sin, you cast the first stone. Y'all know what happened. She looks up and they're gone. And he says, Woman, where are thine accusers? There are none. Then you go and sin no more. Now, how many of y'all would agree? That's just a little different. That's just a little different than John Baptist, right? How many of y'all know there's churches all over that's a little different? How many of y'all know, how many of y'all know that John Baptist was effective? His ministry was very effective in many ways. But so was Jesus's. And see, here's, here's what happened. When we started when we started growing and, and, and going and, and the brethren found out that we at Temple were doing things a little different. Nothing doctrinally. I can't tell you how many people I stood face to face, nose to nose, put my Bible in front of them. I said, if I'm doing something that this Bible says I'm not supposed to be, or if I'm doing, or I'm not doing something this Bible says I'm supposed to be, you show me right here, and I will apologize in the pulpit, and we'll change tonight. But it, it never was about that. It was about preferences. It was about traditions. It was about methods that they were not doing. So because they were not doing it, it was wrong. But guess what? I could care less. Because God said to do it. Y'all with me? So what happens? So what happens? There's people that will look down on you. There's people that will say, your ministry is not... Y'all with me? But guess what? 
guess what? Do y'all know <clears throat> there is a, a man in the Bible, in the book of Judges, that he was an illegitimate son. And his father was with uh, someone that was not their mother and had this illegitimate son. And, and the brethren, the brethren kicked him out because they said, you're not going to get an inheritance. They kicked him out. And then the brethren got in trouble, and they got attacked from an enemy. And so they came to the brother and said, help us, help us, help us, help us. And Dr. Brown preached a message one night on that subject, that the day the outlaw became the sheriff. He was criticized. He was ridiculed. He was treated in a negative way. He was treated in a judgmental way till they needed him. Then he got the phone call. I wish I had my phone in my pocket today. Because guess what? At Temple, the outlaw has become the sheriff. Y'all didn't get it. The people that criticize are now saying, uh, can we uh, uh, can we come talk to you? And you know what we always do? Man, yeah. Come on. I heard of <laughs> I heard of one that's local <clears throat> that was friends with another one that we're helping. Friends with another one are helping. He said, Man, we're having a hard time. We're struggling so bad. We're struggling so bad. He said, well, why don't you go talk to Malcolm, man? They'll help you. They've been helping me like crazy. You need to go talk to him. He said, well, I would, but I've talked so bad about him lately, I'd feel guilty about it. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but that ministers to me. Amen. That just encourages me. You know what he needs to do? Forget about that. Come on over and let us help him. Because we're running out of time. We're running out of time. Listen, guys, let's don't compare. So if Daystar's doing this, or Desperation's doing this, or First Baptist's doing this, or so-and-so's doing this, hey, listen, that's fine. If they're winning people to Jesus, man, we ought to shout the roof down. Shout the roof down. Listen, we're, we're not... We're, there's 80,000 people in Coleman. I think we have some spare people. Amen? All right, let's, let's continue. <clears throat> Number two. Let's get this one out anyway. we got 15 minutes. We <laughs> Surely we can get one out of here. All right. <clears throat> what was number one? We see the, the conflict in ministry. Number two, I want you to see the creation in ministry or creation of ministry. This is, what, this is how John explains this to these guys. He, at first they're saying, hey, man, they're leaving us and going to him. They're leaving us and going to him. They're leaving our services. They're leaving our ministry, and they're, they're going to him. Watch what John says in John 27. Are you there? It says, John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. All right, here's what I want you to write down. Uh, first, A, write this down. I want you to write this word. I want you to see the source of ministry. You know what John recognized? Whatever I have, whatever it is, God gave it to me. Now, please get this, guys. you got to get this. Whatever I have, God gave it to me. I, I look. I, I saw something. I saw something posted from somebody who's trying to get a ministry started, and uh, and 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 I, I've even I've dealt with all kind of people. Everybody in the world, everybody in the world uh, has a ministry or is trying to start a ministry, and and most of the time, especially if you have a bigger church, everybody in the world thinks you have unlimited resources, and then it's your responsibility to support their ministry. But I want to help you with something. Uh, and in Bible college, I learned a very, very valuable thing. Uh, how many of y'all remember when Paul was trying to go somewhere and the, and the Holy Spirit kept forbidding him? I mean, two or three times the Holy Spirit, nope, nope, nope. And then he saw, he saw the vision and he, and he saw the Macedonian call. 
Y'all remember? Dr. Brown said something one night. I've never forgotten it. I've never forgotten it. A need does not constitute a call. Y'all need to get that. A need does not constitute a call. Do you know what? Paul, in his heart, he was wanting to go places that he felt there was a great need. And guess what? There was great needs. How many of y'all would agree? Anybody been to Mexico City? Mexico City? Okay. Anybody else? I, I went there last year. Matter of fact, it came up here recently on my thing, when the picture on Facebook, you know how they had that memories of a year ago, whatever. I was standing beside the translator. I was driving through, it's like an ocean of people, an ocean of houses. I mean, it's just as far as you can see. We went on to the top of a, some tower there that was just, and I'm telling you, it was good. All you, I mean, as far as you could see, all the way to the, I, I could not believe the, 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 the miles and miles and miles and miles. How many of y'all know that that is a great need? This means yes. This means how many y'all was? Then why aren't y'all going? I mean, it's it's probably either the the largest city in the world or the second largest. There's a competition. I think it's Tokyo is the other one, and one they one will outdo the other, and more people move in. They were telling me all the statistics and numbers and all that kind of stuff. So why aren't we all going? A need doesn't constitute a call. There's needs everywhere. There's needs in our city everywhere, but that doesn't mean that God is calling us to that. Say, preacher, what's the point you're trying to make? You go where God tells you to go. And a ministry is not something that's made up in your own mind. It's something that God puts together. And what, Paul, what, what, what John is trying to tell these guys is, look, man, if, if mine's going to go down, then it's God. If it's going to go up, then it's God. Whatever I have, I got it from God. I didn't start this thing. I'm not going to finish this thing. It's all God. Job said it best. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Amen? Blessed be the name of the Lord. I come into this world naked, and that's the way I'm going to return. I came with nothing, I'm going to return with nothing. Whatever I got, God gave it to me when I got here, and it's all about Him. And man, I want to tell some of these young preachers this. Listen, don't try to force a door open. Don't try to make something happen. Because if God called you and it's a God ministry, God will open the door. God will provide for the need. God will make it happen. You don't have to beg, plead, or borrow. God will make it happen. I've never called one single pastor to say, let me come preach for you. God has always had a door open. There's never been a time I didn't have somewhere to preach if I wanted to go. I didn't make that happen. I didn't force that to happen. Are y'all with me? And if it's a God thing, if it's a God ministry, you don't have to force it. All you got to do is walk through the door when he opens it. Man, somebody ought to shout right there. Do you know how much pressure that takes off of us? I don't have to make this thing happen. I don't have to prop it up. I don't have to push it up. I don't have to fret every day and worry about whether people are going to come or not. My job is to be faithful. My job is to have the Bible ready. My job is to study and prepare and get here. And God's job is that, are y'all with me? He said, I don't have nothing but what God gave me. I don't know what y'all worried about, fellas. Don't worry about this thing. See, in, in the creation of ministry, you've got to understand something. You've got to understand the source is determined by God, but you've got to also understand this. The size is determined by God. The size is determined by God. So I wish I had a, a church the size of yours. No, you don't. I wish I had all the staff you do. No, you don't. They can be aggravating sometimes. And I can aggravate them. I mean, it's a mutual aggravation society. Y'all with me? You, you don't even understand. You don't even understand that whole deal. 
Do you understand how it feels to know, even with this, with the, with the preschool, all those families it's dependent on that I go to bed every night making sure and praying in my mind, oh, you're not supposed to do that. I know. Show me where that switch is. All I'm saying is this. Whatever God wants you to have, you're going to have. And, and by the way, just because you don't have that yet don't mean it's not going to happen. It means you ain't ready. God took me to a little congregational Methodist church in the middle of nowhere. Nowhere. You with me? There was about three elderly people that loved God and loved me for whatever reason they did. Love me. Man, every week I'd go preach. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We didn't really have it. Well, let me back up. I almost got ahead of myself. There was a place in downtown Augusta. Downtown Augusta. It was a low-income housing development or high-rise and it was just a, just a rough area, but it was a place we could preach. On the second floor, they had a community center in there. <clears throat> and we would, go through the, we would go through the development and knock on doors and say, hey, we're going to have church here on, on Wednesday nights because we had our midweek service there on Thursday nights. So on Wednesday nights, we'd go and minister and it, opportunities to preach, be able to reach people. There would be times there would be five people in there, ten people in there. I went in there one time. And there was one lady about 75 years old sitting right there with her Bible. Nobody else. Nobody. I says, it's just you. She said, preacher, it's just me. She says, what are we going to do? I said, get your Bible. <clears throat> and I started preaching just like I've always preached, wide open. People was going by the door and looking in. And here's this preacher just going after it and one little lady looking at him. They, thought, <laughs> they probably thought we was all crazy. But guess what? I've heard people say, would you be for order if it's just one? It has been just one. It has been just one. It didn't start here. you got to be faithful where you are. And God will determine the size. It's not up to you to determine that. It's up to you to be faithful. Whether it's one or a thousand. Can I, can I admit something to you? Can I? You don't care? Are you still going to love me? Okay. <clears throat> There's been times where reality did not meet expectations. I thought, boy, I tell you what, that'd be the, I'm telling you what. Because I grew up in a real small church. 200 people was a big church when I was growing up. And that 500, boy, 500 people. Boy, if you've ever, that's what I was, I was putting the vision out there when I first came. Boy, we're going to see a 500-seat auditorium right there on that hill. 500 people. Man, I tell you what, 500 people. Guess what? We reached 500 people. And you know what? It's just 500 people. And, and well, it must be a thousand. Well, if we ever reach that, man, I tell you what, if we reach a thousand, one day we're going to reach that. We get a thousand. You know, we, we, reach, we reach a thousand people. You know what? It's just, it's just a thousand people. Well, we can have a, man, we can have a big Easter and 5,000 people, over 5,000 people in a weekend. And you know what? It's just 5,000 people. I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to see in ministry and understand Solomon that contentment is not going to be in how many. Contentment is going to be found in him. And, 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 I, and I'm, I know I'm running a little rabbit, but here's the point. If you can't be content with that one little lady in that room, you can preach to 5,000 on a weekend and it's still not going. You see, the size 
is determined by God. He is the source. It's going to come from Him. And by the way, guys, if you're trying to kick it around, kick it around, force the door open, beg and plead and bar to get somebody to let you minister, whether you're a preacher or a singer or a teacher or, or whatever it is that's in your... And I'm telling you, we have it every, every day. My, uh, 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 what do you call that on the computer? Uh, email. You know, my email's connected to our website. So every day I get an email from somebody, hey, I'm such and such a ministry, we're ministering to the such and such group and the such and such crowd, sometimes it's overseas, sometimes it's national, sometimes it's local, some, and it's, there's, all, there's thousands of different ideas. I thought, well, I ain't never seen that one, or I never heard of that one, we're reaching such and such group, and, and all of that. Everybody in the world's got a ministry. But guess what? If it don't happen, it may not be God. A, all right. <clears throat> a good idea or a cool idea may not be a God idea. I've seen a lot of good ideas that I thought was a good idea. Matter of fact, I've had some of them. <clears throat> and I said, man, this is a... And it didn't go worth anything. Well, I thought that was a God thing, but it wasn't a God thing. It was a Malcolm thing. Y'all with me? And what John's explaining to his disciples, say, look, man, if they leave ours, then it's, a, it's of God. Because what we have is of God. What we don't have is of God. Let me give you this last one. <clears throat> what, was, what was A? A, when it comes to the creation of ministry, A, the source. The source. B, the the size is determined by God. The source is God. The size is God. Then the scope. The scope, the duration of time. How many of y'all know some things don't last forever? John's didn't last forever. And I, you know, one day, I'm going to say this. I don't know why I'm saying all kinds of stuff tonight, but I'm... Uh, but just put your stuff down and look at me a minute. I got 53 seconds. <clears throat> you say, what are you getting at with that? I have seen, and, and trust me, I, I don't know. How many of y'all know that saying? That you, you're saying that now, but wait till you get there. Now I see grandparents spoiling the fire out them grandchildren. Oh, man, look at that, spoiling that. Wait do you have one. Y'all with me? Okay. All right. And, and 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 I've seen I've seen a lot of a lot of pastors spend a lot of years and and they get tired and they hold on too long and I, and I get it I get it I mean this is this has been my life and my heart and and I mean I came when I was basically a kid. And so when it comes my time to sit down and I hope I can just go fishing. <clears throat> I hope I can I hope I can just not just go fishing, but maybe 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 when it comes my time to let somebody fresh and somebody young and somebody with some fire and zeal and energy and to do the stuff that I, I do now or used to do that that, that I can y'all can y'all can just let me go preach somewhere and be the church evangelist or church missionary and just say preacher what he's saying I don't want to be the one who sits right there and and is bitter at the next man I don't want to let me let me let me put some scripture to this I don't want to be the Saul to the next David I don't want to see my time ending and see somebody that's got the touch of God on him and the anointing of God on him and be the one throwing spears at him. I can't tell you how many young men that had the touch of God on the fire of God that were called in as associates and have been there 5 and 10 and 15 years and, 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 being, and they were going to be the next man, but when it comes time for them to be the next man, the, the original man got bitter about it and just would not let God 
and usually it kills the church. And usually they hold on so long that people start leaving and people start because it's just time. And I'm not criticizing any of them guys. I understand. I can't imagine what that's going to be like. Matter of fact, I hope Jesus comes back before I have to do that. I, I do. But here's the thing. Everything's not going to last forever. And whenever that time comes or whatever that duration, whatever that ministry is, ministries change. Just because God blessed the fire up yesterday doesn't mean God's going to bless fire up tomorrow. Things change. You don't believe that? Old Testament? Okay, you didn't get it. Old Testament? He must increase. I must. I didn't get to none of the stuff I want to talk about tonight, but there's always next week. How many of y'all remember to bring your outline next week? Hey, let's pray for each other, guys. Let's pray for our other churches in Coleman. Because I really do. I'm telling you, and I'm not just saying that. I, this, this, this truth in these scriptures, I, I want to help them all. I do, man. I want to help them all. I want them all to grow. I want them all to just explode and just reach people like crazy. And will y'all help me pray that God will remove the spirit of competition and comparison at least out of our community. Let's band together and reach people before it's too late. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's pray and be dismissed. Lord.